It's an Easter candy exposition. Easter was a while ago. That's right. We're Riverdale Recap Podcast here to talk about Chapter 123, Peep Show. Oh, that's Ah, why. Just a little peeps. Peep Show. What if you took the little peeps and you did an actual peep show? You just play peekaboo with them? You, like, scandalously removed their colored sugar. (laughs) You mean skin them? Yes. (laughs) But, like, sensually. (laughs) That's some Hannibal Lecter shit, dear. I don't don't need that in my life. I'm not saying it would appeal to everyone and be a very, like, select few, but... Oh, boy. Those few, though, they probably pay you top dollar. And you remove it by, like, licking. I don't like this. No. No, I don't like this. You don't like it at all. No. <laughs> what if they what if they gave the peeps like special colored sugar to make it look like they had like uh-huh, uh-huh. coverings on? Written by Ted Sullivan, directed by Amy Myrold. No. Why don't they make like striped what? peeps? Like what? little little like, you know, <laughs> Pink and green alternating stripes oh, like sugar. That'd be so cute. That would be so cute. And they could do like a mystery flavor. Oh. Like, is it lime or is it raspberry? You won't know till you eat it. What? All the shit they do with peeps. You think they would have done that one already. What happens in this episode of Riverdale Dinner? <laughs> There's nothing to do with marshmallows. Nothing. Zero marshmallows are present. No marshmallows were harmed in the making of this episode. They did not put any in the microwave, because there weren't microwaves yet, I think. And when were peeps invented? Was it at the same time? I don't think they're terribly related. Microwave them. They go poof. The countertop microwave oven was introduced in 1967 by the Amana Corporation. Okay. However, the marshmallow peep was introduced in 1953. Mm. So, so these teenagers would conceivably be aware of the hot new Easter treat. So they could do a peep show. They could. And they could make them do a little do 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 do. Why did that begin as the Fraggle Rock theme? It did not. It, it kind of did. No, it did not. Do 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 do. Look at naked chickens. I was imagining bunnies. When you think of peeps, do you automatically think of chickens? Yes, because they go beep, 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 beep. I automatically think of the bunnies. I want to know. What happens in this episode of Riverdale? (laughs) Written by Ted Sullivan. Directed by Amy Myrold. (laughs) The people have a right to know. I find joy in uh, making, see how fast I can make you lose your mind when we start recording. <laughs> so this episode, mm-hmm. uh, we we find out that Dr. You know, Werther's article has, has you know, been out there. Yes. And, and boo comics. It's, it's practically the very next day. The, the newspaper is sitting right next to Jughead as he yes. welcomes us into the episode. Yes. And uh, like comics, comics are the devil and all that jazz. Now, now, when was jazz invented? Do these kids know about jazz? They do. Okay. <laughs> they have like a, a jazz club. 
where people do like beat poetry and shit. That is true. Yeah. Yours doesn't work as well as mine. <laughs> Good try, though. You'll never be like me. <laughs> You're right. I'm a good boy. I can never be so disruptive. Intentionally so. You admitted it. So, so yeah, that's that's a thing. Uh, they got published. Mm-hmm. I missed some of what was said at the top of the episode, I'm going to be honest, so I'm not sure what other things he commented on. Uh, well, it's, it's just to uh, uh, segue us into the first scene where things really happen. J- Jughead is reading in his room some of the other things he, he loves to read, not just the, the comics from the publisher for which he now works, but also the... Uh, uh, Weird scientific tales of one Brad Rayberry. Yeah. And so so when mm, he... Brad Rayberry. <laughs> so when he uh, goes into the office, um, he has realized that uh, some of the uh, Pep comic stories have a very strong uh, resemblance to some of the Brad Rayberry stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, specific- With, of course, no attribution given. Yes, and specifically the this, this one story, November County, and uh, what's his name? Mr. Fieldstone. Mr. Fieldstone, boss dude, is like, no, 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 ours is November Country. <laughs> totally different. Now, again, the historical Al Feldstein adapted 25 Ray Bradbury stories for EC Comics after they were caught plagiarizing from him. Yeah! Uh, hmm. Hmm. And, and so, yeah, uh, Jughead is like, hey, 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 uh, uh, Mr. Fieldstone, is Pep Comics plagiarizing? Asks the guy who first met this man to accuse him of plagiarism. And he's like, no! <laughs> well, you know, I did try calling him to get permission, and he never called me back. So, like, that's like having permission. It's fine. Quote, I assumed he was probably dead. Is he not? Ray Bradbury lived to the year 2012. <laughs> he was still making public appearances on, like, the, the fan convention circuit until 2009. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, over at the Andrews household... Uh, Frank is, uh, catching up with Archie, because remember, Frank is here. Yes, yes, with the world's worst mustache. I hate his mustache. It looks like a caterpillar died on his face. <laughs> you know, Frank's like, you know, I've, I've only been here a few days, but I've observed some things. And you're real fucked up, kid. And, uh, your mom's concerned, your grades suck, you're, you're not pulling your weight, you're disappointing your father. You're banging chicks? What's up with that? Can't have that. Not in, under my roof. And he's like, what did your dad say before he went off to the war? <laughs> Every time they say the war, I just think, the war! <laughs> and of course, Archie was was given the admonishment that, that he would have to be the man of the house now and take care of, uh, of his mother, Mary. Yes. Uh, and uh, Frank's like, you're doing a shit job at that, Archie. Yeah, Frank, as the, uh, a real hard, tough man, is given the hard, tough man treatment to, to Archie uh, and, like, makes him apologize for not living up to his potential to his mother. <laughs> Mortifying. Frank's like, good job. Now, we're going to go talk to your principal tomorrow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about your grades. And I'm kind of like... What's the principal gonna do? 
Like, he's not going to do the grades for Archie. <laughs> Archie's kind of got to handle that one himself. Well, maybe we can work something out, a sort of, like, extra credit situation. Uh, that would a, still be, you would talk to, like, the teacher. A performance improvement plan. <laughs> Does Frank know how school works? Frank knows how embarrassing uh, his nephew works. <laughs> And just using his incredible uh, uh, pressure as as an authority figure in order to make him squirm. He knows how that goes. Yeah. Um, so so meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, Betty is uh, packing up her bag for school. Mm-hmm. And, and she looks out her window and she sees that Archie, oh, he just took a shower. And is uh-huh. just in a towel, uh-huh. all wet, with water dripping down his abs. Do you notice what else happens in this moment? I'm no. pretty sure this is the first non-period appropriate song. Oh yes, I did notice that season. actually. Yeah, there is a, a one moment of a song in this episode that is like properly fifties appropriate, but the rest of the music uh, is like samples, is like remixes with yeah. with more modern production under those, those like uh, uh doo wop or or bubblegum pop vocals as the case may be. Yeah. 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 Things are changing. Things are changing. Things are awakening. Especially when things get hot. Archie got hot. Ar- Archie Archie's- continues to have gotten hot. Archie's been hot. Archie <laughs> Especially when wet. Maybe he's just steamy. Maybe he's yeah. not even didn't even take a shower. Maybe he's just like having that much condensation because he's so hot. He's just so hot, you guys. Over at school, mm-hmm. uh, Betty and Veronica are having a, a little old chat in the locker room. Chat and a half. And Betty's like, so, Veronica, what's sex like? <laughs> and Veronica is taken aback. She waits for all the other girls to leave the locker room. Well, Betty waits till all the other girls yeah, leave yeah. the locker room before <laughs> dropping that question. Uh, but uh, Veronica's like, well... I haven't had my uh, much coffee yet today for this talk. And she's like, well, I just want to know from someone who has experience. Mm-hmm, Veronica's mm-hmm. like, okay, so here's the truth. Uh, I haven't been with a boy I've like that. I've gone all the way. Uh, uh, again, a very true to teenage experience. No one's having nearly as much sex as they say they are. Uh, and, or certainly not as much as others say they are. Yeah. And so Betty's like, well, I just assumed because you're so... Sexy. And Veronica responds, thanks for noticing. You don't have to have sex to be sexy, you know. And for the rest of the episode, I must keep repeating the question, are we sure there's only one lesbian plot this year? I question this. Because this goes some places. So many places. My God. And it it comes out swinging because Veronica's like, okay, you want to feel sexy, you want to feel confident, you you could try getting new heels, wear new uh, uh, perfume. You know what I like to do? I like to dress up. I like sexy lingerie. And I think you might like it too. I'm going to invite my my bestie, my gal pal over to my my place, my bedroom to try on my lingerie. (laughs) Normal girl stuff. In all my life. (laughs) And maybe I'm like the exception to this. And like, I don't know. I don't have those relationships with my friends. But in all my life, I have never worn one of my friends like underwear of any sort. 
I think the closest I've come is to borrowing a swimsuit. We're not, I don't have any friend that that's close. We're, none of us are that close. I'm just saying, maybe it's just a matter of not having, like, the the opportunity. Still, (laughs) not that close with anyone. (laughs) Is that something, like, I'm supposed to have in a friendship? Is like, hey, wear my bra and my panties. Have fun. Like... If this is normal, I need evidence. I would like photographic evidence. There's a lot of things I hear about that friends talk about or like do. And I'm like, do I not actually have close friends? Or are we just like, are you just all lying about your experiences? Kind of like lying about the amount of sex you're having as a teenager. Mm -hmm, Is it like in line with that? You don't even wear your own sexy lingerie. I don't own sexy lingerie. You would have to borrow it. Or rent. Or rent? <laughs> Ew! Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think Rent the Runway gets into that shit. Like, like how's that work? Like, do they put, like, temporary... Like, okay, when you buy a bathing suit, uh-huh. they have, like, a hygiene sticker on it. Sure. This is a thing. I don't okay. know if you knew that. I don't buy a lot of women's swimwear. Okay, women's swimwear, they put like a sticker. Sure. Where where you're <laughs> This you, is a family show. We don't have to go too into detail. You can't return it if it's gone. Right. Even if it just accidentally falls off, which of like course. that shit can fall off in the store. Yeah. Cuz people try it on. Mhm. It, it's gone. So if it was rent the runway. Yes. Would they like ha- put that on Saran and it'd be wrap. like hey we put on the clean hygiene sticker. If that's missing when you send it back, mm-mm-mm. And like the heavy-duty plastic wrap from a furniture store. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> Just kind of make <laughs> noises as you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say our 10th anniversary is coming, but the traditional gift is aluminum. <laughs> and that's, that's going to chafe. Just look like I'm scared of aliens. <laughs> Sexy Tin Man costume. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, those do exist. I don't care. (laughs) No. 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 That's that's like... Okay, that would just be like novelty lube. (laughs) (laughs) No. 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 Oh my god, that'd be the worst porn! cowardly line have had it too good for too long we need to spread the love around you're you're a little squeaky in there let me oil it meanwhile or or later in the locker room a different event is occurring uh cheryl gives tony back her lesbian novel oh right this is not at the the locker room Pretty much every other scene between these two is in the locker room. Yeah, that's where I got confused. This is the one they decide to have like in a public space. Is here's your (laughs) lesbian novel. What did you think of it? I thought the women on the cover were like voluptuous. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cheryl, Cheryl, in her current like headspace in this part of her journey, she cannot comment on the contents of the the lesbian erotica. So her only response is to talk about the cover. And she still can't stop herself from sounding gay as hell 
<laughs> just talking about the cover. Voluptuous. <laughs> and so uh, Tony's like, ah, I see. Would you like to go to the dark room and talk more about it? And the answer is no, because Cheryl is just too busy relaunching the Vixens. You see, basketball season is coming, so the cheerleaders yeah. need, need to get reorganized. Because basketball's coming back because the war is over. Yeah, la- later we find out that Riverdale High has not had a basketball team for years. Because of the war. Because of Korea. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't think it, it was that. This, this could make more sense later. Because the person they get for a coach is new in town. Perhaps the old coaching staff all went over there. So you're telling me there was no one else in this town, though, that could coach basketball? Would you listen to Hal Cooper coaching you basketball? Would you listen to Dr. Werther's? I'm just saying, like... We have not seen a lot of men, like adult grown men in this show. Pops could do it. Pop Tate probably has good command of the fundamentals. Yeah. At the very least, he's going to make a team that is a cohesive unit and supports each other, even if they're really shitty at basketball. (laughs) Yes. It's all going to be about the teamwork. Yes. The camaraderie. And damn right he would kick Julian Blossom off the team because he's an asshole. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That boy's a problem. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so Cheryl's going to be busy with that, and she's like, oh, like, basically they're doing tryouts, and Tony's kind of like, oh, I could come, and like, I don't think you have what it takes to be a cheerleader, Mm kind of thing. So so meanwhile, uh, Uncle Frank has made Archie go to the principal, and he says, I swear on a stack of Bibles, Uh I'm going to double down and get good grades. I want to be at least a B student. So yeah, this (laughs) is what the whole plan is, to just make a public... A, a pledge yes. directly to the principal. That's what all this meeting is. So if he's going to double down, does that mean he was like a D student? <laughs> he's getting, well, if a B is 80%, that means he's like running in the 40s. Mm. The low 40s to double up to the mid 80s. So what was that <laughs> in 1950s grades? An absolute failure. <laughs> uh, and so the principal's like, ah, yes. I think you have some potential. Anyhow, I want to talk to your uncle. Get out of here, kid. They have a mysterious meeting. Uh, So over at cheer time. Cheer time. Tony comes in to audition. Ooh. And again, a like modern remix of, of 1950s era musical samples. But when she announced she's announces she's going to audition... Ever, Evelyn. Evelyn Evernever Ever- returns to the program. And she's like, uh-uh, you're not on the list. She's a, she's a real stickler for rules, this Evelyn Evernever. And Cheryl tells her to shut her trap. Yes. and So I would like to point out, uh-huh. if Evelyn exists here, Edgar can exist. Yep. Where is my Chad Michael Murray? Is this going to be the story about how you were allowed to, like... Have child brides. That was that's not a thing they have to have secret anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is <laughs> They're a... just openly married. <gasps> maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe uh Evelyn uh like gets married in like two episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and yeah. then Chad Mal- Michael Murray is just around. Yes. Yes. I would like for him to be uh like a creepo in the woods who's <laughs> waiting to start a cult. <laughs> 
obsessed with these woods. Because then he can for chop seven years. <laughs> so because then he can also chop firewood shirtless. <laughs> just go. Just I don't know if anyone's listening out there who makes Riverdale. Like you can totally write that into an episode. It's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I oh, give you permission. By the way, a full unconditional one hundred percent support to uh, the WGA in the middle of their strike. Yeah, I mean, like wait till the strike's over. Yeah, like. You guys win. Strike as long as you need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if it's like problem solved quickly with you getting what you want, write that into an episode. Okay, thanks. If anything, a a strike hiatus would allow whatever sneaky listeners we've got in uh, in that writer's room to hear this and implement it. You have time. I believe in you. (laughs) I give you full rights. I will not sue you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Brad Rayberry over here. No. No. Do it. Do it. So, yeah, so Tony's up, and she does uh, a lot of booty shaking, and Cheryl, like, the lights dim, and we zoom in on Cheryl, and she's like, it's like that cartoon jaw drop, like, in the heart eyeballs. It's exactly the same as Tony's dance at, at, like, open mic night. Mm -hmm. She can just do this. This is her mutant superpower. Yeah. When she's done, Cheryl says, well, razz my berries and put them in a jelly jar. That sounds like a medical procedure. I don't. I don't know about this. Uh, Evelyn is still pissed off at uh, uh, the, the whole. I don't know the, the flagrant disregard for norms. Yeah, because Cheryl's like, "Hey, you're on the team," and Evelyn's like, "Shouldn't you have everyone else audition first? <laughs> she's like, "No, I don't give a shit." Yeah, yeah, and and Cheryl is doing the Cheryl thing of asserting her dominance, and then it is time for the title card. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been too busy making indecent thoughts having indecent thoughts about the tin man of oz oh there's so many other places that could go well yeah you could go to, to uh the the kingdom of the gnome king you could go across the great deadly desert there's a lot of places near oz the gnome one made me think of eza and how there's a gnome You're down there and like EZA how and that would be a, a, oh my so, the first thing we learn back in the episode is the nature of that mysterious meeting with Frank. Not terribly mysterious, he was just getting the invitation, which he has accepted, yes. to become the new basketball coach. Yes, because again, now that the war is over, they want to bring back basketball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this is my thought, was Mr. A- was Fred the bas- the high school basketball coach? Uh, so learn- much about this plot is how big a figure in Riverdale High School basketball Fred Andrews was. I got the vibe through this episode that he was not the basketball coach. Uh, yeah, I suppose someone would have mentioned it directly. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, he was a basketball player and he very much appreciated it. I mm-hmm. think one day my boy's going to grow up and be on the basketball team mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once he hits high school. But Archie is not following that path. He says, ah, well, with all these new commitments, you know, I'm really buckling down. I'm too busy studying to play. And Frank says, hey, you're a young man. That means you can multitask. Water boy. Dang it. Uh, I would like to point out that Archie has his letter sweater. He does. He does. He's got his big R sweater. He, He doesn't wear that a lot in the show, but it got pulled out. But but yeah, Frank's whole thing is is coming out to be like the the boy is straying. He's he's straying from the path. Therefore, I must have complete command of his twenty four hours a day. He tried to marry a girl. 
this boy is just off his rocker. Uh, so over at uh, the Penbrook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Besties. <laughs> Gal pals. Veronica shouts out to Betty, who's behind a screen, saying, What's the tale, Nightingale? As Come on lounges, out and show me. As she lounges in her satin nightgown, sipping a mimosa, waiting for her best pal to come out wearing her fine lingerie. And when she does, Veronica's like, I knew it would look perfect on you. <laughs> Do you feel sexy as sin? Why isn't this the number one ship on the show? And Betty's like, oh, I don't feel comfortable Mortified. And Veronica's like, hold on. Let me guide you to this mirror. And mm-hmm. I want you to stare at yourself in the mirror. I'm also going to stare at you while you're staring at yourself in the mirror. Give yourself a minute to get used to the lace. And she recites a mantra. Did you write down the mantra? <laughs> I got most of it. The mantra was... I am a gorgeous, powerful siren at the height of my womanly powers. <laughs> and then, like, something about how the boys would, like, cower at her feet or whatever. But- and, th- and this causes a transformation. Betty starts to assume the power. Yes, her womanly powers <laughs> of being a powerful siren. <laughs> what the fuck? In any other show, this would be when Veronica would, like, Grab her seductively, like, at the neck and just start, like, fucking making out with her. If this was Riverdale seasons two through four. Yes. Yes. Like, let me show you how to pleasure yourself, Betty. Let's go. That's where this would have gone. need some hands-on instruction. You feel confident now? Remember when I said I uh, uh, haven't gone with a boy all the way? Now, girls. That doesn't count. That's just practice. This is practice. So let's practice, baby. What is this friendship? <laughs> Close. And getting closer. So so Jughead has tracked down the home address of Brad Rayberry and uh, knocks on the door and says, Hey, I'm a writer for Pep Comics. You should sue their asses. They're totally stealing your shit. <laughs> uh, and he's like, what? What? <laughs> what is this? You work for them and you want me to sue them? What is happening? And he's like, well, okay, maybe not sue, sue, but you should at least, like, I don't know, send a C and D or, like, do something. Because like, you, you own these ideas. Because I think you're the tops. You're, you're, what the fuck? you're the Coliseum. You're the top. You're the Louvre Museum. You're the roof. <laughs> and because of that, you shouldn't be treated this you're way. You're the Nile. You're the Tower of Pisa. You're the smile on the Mona Lisa. <laughs> That sounds like a rap that would be in an LFO song. <laughs> Why is LFO ripping off Cole Porter? I'm just saying, it, it would go. Like, if you told me that was a line from Summer Girls, I'd be like, yes, it was. <laughs> no, it's from You're the Top, from Anything Goes. Uh, are we sure? Yes! <laughs> uh. <laughs> Just saying, they could have, like, taken that and no one would have thought differently. Be like the bluebird. Tweet, tweet. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, Jughead hands off the latest story that has been stolen. Like, see for yourself. Right, right. And Rayberry closes the door in his face. Back at the cheer squad. Yes. 
Evelyn has some concerns about the vixens and she she wants to talk to Cheryl about it. And she's like, you know, I don't think we should have girls like Tony on the squad. And Cheryl's like, girls like Tony, what do you mean by that? We're fully integrated. (laughs) And like, no, it's not my problem that she's black. It's that she's a lesbian. (laughs) And then Cheryl denies. Cheryl's like, shut the fuck up, Evelyn. I'm way more homophobic than you are. You don't get to talk to me. I hate lesbians so much I don't even know what they are. Get out of here. How could you say such a vile thing about her? She's not a lesbian. (laughs) And now a new episode of Oh Miha is on and you're not invited to stay. Get out. Go. Shoot. Shoot. I want to watch my school chums fake family in peace. You disgust me. Uh, so Tony is at, uh, the, the dark room mm-hmm. and, uh, the mysterious Lizzo is there. <laughs> yes. Who keeps making an appearance and I'm like, what's your deal? Remember, re- remember Peaches and Cream? I miss Peaches and Cream. Why aren't they here? Why do we have Lizzo? Where's Peaches and Cream? Anyway, so Lizzo's all like, yo, you're gonna be a cheerleader. Like, I didn't I didn't think that was your thing. But Tony is proud to be the first black cheerleader in the history of Riverdale High. And Lizzo's like, ah, oh, I should have known it's political. Got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then she's like, mmm, but that Cheryl, that's one cherry lollipop I'd be happy to lick. Yeah, she she taunts taunts Tony for being down bad for for uh, Cheryl, who's like, I don't know. Not worth pursuing, I gotta say, right now. <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of not on the same page. No, no. Which, again, like, spoilers for 15 minutes from now, is kind of what this subplot's about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next day at school, uh, Veronica walks up to Betty and she's like, So, are you wearing them? <laughs> and Betty's like, don't freak out, but I'm not. <laughs> well, you, you did skip a scene. I skipped a scene. You skipped a scene where Archie comes, uh, uh, steps into the garage and sees it empty. He's jalopulous. Because Frank (laughs) took it away until Archie gets his grades up. Yet another angle to control uh, uh, Archie and his movements. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then. Then, after the commercial, we're back at school. And Veronica is asking Betty, how will you ever get used to lace panties if you don't wear them every day? You know, there's such a thing as comfort, and it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to not. It's like breaking in your shoes, but, you know, not. I mean, you do have to, like, figure out, are they, is it the itchy lace? Is it the good lace? But, like... She's borrowing from Veronica, is the good lace. Maybe. Sometimes the expensive stuff's the itchy shit. But she didn't want to wear them because she, they had, you know, gym later and she doesn't want to change in front of the other girls and have them see the scandalous panties. yes. And I'm like, more like, well, you did give her really complicated underwear, it's Veronica. True. It's like, like a whole bustier she, situation. I don't know if she could like pee in that <laughs> during like a normal school like bathroom break. So maybe it's better she didn't wear it. So so Veronica's like, okay, we're gonna take a day off from the undies. Let's talk about the the prize. Uh, what boy are you interested in? And Betty admits. It's Archie. Of course it's Archie. It's always going to be Archie. And Veronica's definitely a little, like, 
disappointed to hear this, but she is going to be a good supportive friend. Yes. And that means she's going to be like, hey, Betty, I saw him in the lounge. You should go in there and ask him out. She totally like gasses her up. Like, yeah, let's go before you change your mind. Let's go. And so she goes to the lounge. And Archie's like, hey, what's up? And you think, you think she's going to chicken out, but she doesn't. She asks him to the movies and he says, I would love to go to the movies. And then he keeps saying, I can't go to the movies because my uncle's really chapping my ass over here. My uncle's an asshole right now. And like maybe, maybe in a couple weeks he'll like ease up. But like, I really want to go to the movies with you. I just like can't right now. Hard cut to Betty crying. You're like, well, at least he was nice enough to make up an excuse. Like, no. It does sound fake. I'd love to go out, but you know, my uncle's a real jerk. But the thing is, is it it actually like he he said heck yeah with such enthusiasm. That yeah. was ugh. Ugh. I I can believe that <laughs> I can believe that Betty is so sensitive to rejection from Archie in particular. I mean, yeah. That she ignores that Archie has n- not an ounce of deception in his body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the fact that he was actually studying, which should be like a sign that like, <laughs> yeah. oh wow, yeah, something's up with him. Uh, but Veronica's like, well, screw him. Let's find some good time boys. Isn't there like an all boys school around here? And you know what? In 1955, Stonewall Prep has not allowed women to enroll. Well, of course they didn't. Which they, I, like... I, yeah, I was going to say, very realistic. This is not a co-ed school. Uh, so now it's time for basketball practice. But on the other hand, if I were trying to find a man, I would not go to a stonewall anything, assuming I'm a woman. Well, that like, you (laughs) know. If I were looking to date a man, maybe I would go to stonewall. But Veronica, different situation. She don't know what that means yet. (laughs) No one does. It's 1955. It hasn't happened. Uh, So meanwhile, during practice, uh, brisket. Meanwhile, eating brisket. (laughs) Meanwhile, during basketball practice, Evelyn sneaks into the girls' locker room to go snooping around Tony's locker, and she finds the lesbian novel. Yes! But Tony then comes out of the shower in a towel and like, bitch, what you doing? Yeah, just shuts her down while nude. Uh, and she's like, uh, well, I found your story of forbidden fem- feminine love, like, wh- yeah, what Yeah, I hell? read a lot. Maybe you should try reading a fucking book and get out of my hair. And like, stop going through my shit or you're getting a knuckle sandwich, okay? (laughs) Now, also tell me what Tony, or tell me what Cheryl said. Yeah. Tell me everything Cheryl said. You said Cheryl said a thing I want to know. I want to know the words, please. Meanwhile, at the the, uh, Pep Comics office, uh, Jughead is watching his story come off the proof table with, with Mr. Fieldstone and Bernie beside him. And he's so, so happy, so proud to see his name on the credit. Ah, oh, everyone, round of applause for Jughead. Yes. But then Brad Rayberry comes in <sighs> and he's like, you've been plagiarizing my stories. Brett Weston Wallace was a more dignified name than Brad Rayberry. <laughs> Uh, and so he's like, I, I should sue you. You know, they're going back and forth and Jughead's like, wait, wait, we can solve this. What if you put his name on future reprints and you like pay him some money? Yeah, yeah. He, he proposes this sort of settlement compromise 
very similar to the actual compromise reached by Ray Bradbury oh. and EC Comics oh. editor Al Feldstein. Oh, how coincidental. How coincidental. And so they're like, fine. And then we go to Pops, where mm-hmm. Jughead and Brad Rayberry are enjoying some food, and they're and Jughead, celebrating. And Jughead suggests, you know, why stop at eight stories? There's obviously a, a market. You could be involved in adapting more. I, I mean, you could write them yourself, or, you know, get a staff writer, you know, like, like the, the new guy who works super fucking cheap. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, Brad's like, hey, does your old man approve of you doing all this? Because mine didn't approve of me being a writer. And this is when we get backstory. Backstory. Backstory of old Jughead. So. <laughs> His old... name is FP, not old Jughead. No! Of like old timey Jughead. Okay. In the past Jughead, we get backstory of like his life. What is going on with his family? Why he lives alone? What is going on with his family? FP lives in Toledo, he thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because uh, a few years ago there was a big messy robbery in town and everyone thought he was the prime suspect. And so he took off. He skipped town, been riding the rails, I guess. Uh, he was on his bike. Yeah, biking across America to stay one step ahead of the fuzz. And and so Brad's like, well, have you written about that? You should write about that. Mentorship. Activate. <laughs> He's like, well, I haven't, but I've written, like, some other stuff. Would you look at it? Would you be my dad? <laughs> Would you be my book dad? I guess I guess we got to talk about it. Uh, uh, the Brad Rayberry is played by Christopher Shire. Mm-hmm. The first, like, Riverdale supporting character to guide Jughead's acting career that did not voice... <laughs> A cartoon character, very important to young men of our age cohort. Yes. <laughs> but... He was not a Ninja Turtle, which I was really hoping. <laughs> but, fun fact, his second credit ever in 1997 was in a show called Riverdale. A Canadian-produced teenage soap opera called Riverdale. Hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. He played a character named Ben. Ben Button, perhaps? <laughs> Probably not, Probably but not. I love it. But you found something else in his credits that made yeah. you very excited. Well, yes, an- another landmark Canadian production. He played a barkeep in the 1999 uh, uh, Tour de Force G-Savior. Oh, boy. A.K.A. the live-action made-for-TV Gundam movie. I did not know there was a live-action made-for-TV Gundam movie. There is, and it feels like Sequest. Watching it is just like watching Sequest. I promise. I kind of want to watch it It is a fusion between seasons one and three of Sequest. Oh, I want to watch it. It's like two-thirds 2032, one-third season one. This sounds amazing. Right? It sounds amazing. I really like Jesus. That would have been like the perfect season four of Sequest. Uh, it has the same composer as seasons one and two of Sequest. What? The the CGI effects are made by a, a company founded by one of the team leads of the in-house effects oh my on Sequest. Oh my god, we have to watch this. I'm shocked that it has no cast uh, uh, in common. <laughs> but, I, but it was a Canadian film production and Sequest was... Two-thirds of it, at least, filmed in Florida. So there's, yeah. there you go. 
it was mostly filmed with uh, a 21 Jump Street actors by the oh, end. Oh, like, we have to watch that. Well, there is a 21 Jump Street actor in Sequest. Yeah, a lot of them is what I'm saying. <laughs> Quite a bit of the Sequest cast is 21 Jump Street yes. people. Fuck, I want to see that. Uh, oh, he was in an episode of Higher Ground. That was uh, a show that, like, made, like, Hayden Christensen, like, known in his, like, teen heart throb starting era. His two largest television roles are in a program called Whistler, which I'm not familiar with at all. <laughs> He's in 26 episodes of that. And the the 2009 uh, uh, remake or reboot of V about benevolent or are they alien occupiers. Uh, which, I which, never saw that, but I remember hearing about that. Which is, of course, shall we say, inspired by Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End. Mm-hmm. Clark being sort of a contemporary of Ray Bradbury. It's all coming together. What? But he's also KJ's dad in the Paper Girls show. Yeah. God damn, why'd they cancel why Paper they Girls? Cancel Paper it's Girls so is so good. fucking good! Paper Girls is so good. <gasps> Such fucking bullshit. Anyhow, this makes up for him not being a voice actor in like the Fox Kids X-Men cartoon or something. <laughs> Like tailspin or some shit. Yeah, yeah. He could have been a gummy bear. Come on. Gummy bears. Gummy bears is a little before his time, but still. You know. So uh, over at the gym, Mm -hmm. uh, Archie is mopping because I guess being a water boy means you deal with all forms of water. Yes, yes. He also starts the taps on the showers in the locker room. Yeah, I think so. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting from this shit. Um, and so, uh, but he gets kind of like looks like longingly at a basketball mm-hmm, and picks mm-hmm. it up and dribbles it and acts like he's going to like throw. But, but then he, he's like, no, he can't shoot. going to put that back down. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's some, there's a story here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This act of the program finishes with Jughead in his train car apartment. Yes. Uh, beginning to write the story of his father, and, looking at the little photograph of his father. And, and being very sad. Yeah. He's definitely very emotional as he types away on the computer. Or not a computer, the typewriter, because the computer doesn't exist amazing. yet. amazing. But you know. On his like 1987 <laughs> electronic <laughs> word processor. Jughead in the future. I would not be surprised if they made his character be obsessed with, like, 80s computers. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and you've got mail, he is, with typewriters. Yes. Like, oh, this one. This one is this version. Yes, the typewriter pervert. My favorite character in You've Got Mail. (laughs) Jughead would be an 80s computer pervert. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So on the other side of this commercial break, Frank is yet again monopolizing Archie's time by getting him a job... As a gas jockey, it pops. He's going to make this boy so busy, he can't fuck a girl. Because being the man of the house is all about responsibility. you got to get an income. And also, like, being gone, always. <laughs> Never seeing your mother. That's how you respect your mother and help out. <laughs> just get just, the fuck out of here. Just get the fuck out of here, Archie. <laughs> she don't want to see your face. Also, I'm going to be eight feet behind you staring at all times. With my caterpillar on my face. I've never heard of helicopter uncles before. (laughs) Frank is so evil. 
So, uh, outside school, Jughead is uh, showing off Homeroom of Horrors to yes. Dilton and Ben. And they're, and they're so happy. They're so excited. He's got such supportive friends. Somebody in the nerd group did good. Yes. Meanwhile, uh, Tony is like, yo, Cheryl, what the fuck? What do you mean you're telling Evelyn I'm not a lesbian? And Cheryl, every time these two have had friction uh, previously in this season... Why? Because Cheryl uh, uh, does not want anyone telling her who she is, what she is, what her life is like, what she's about. Mm -hmm. Of all people in this town to go talking about someone, speaking for them behind their back, Cheryl? Cheryl? Disappointed in you. Yeah. So Tony's not having this shit. She's like, no, I'm not ashamed of who I am. And so I'm done with you. I wash my hands. And Cheryl's like, no, wait, you're right. I like girls. And you and in you, particular. I like you. I think you're pretty cute. I would like to make smooching. And Tony's like, okay, that's okay. a start. We're, we finally made it to square one. All right. Uh, so uh, Jughead goes to Brad Rayberry. Yes. And is like, hey, I brought uh, some, some short stories. Can you give me your opinion? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's like, okay, but I'm not going to hold anything back. Blah, 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 blah. I'm, a, I'm a tough crit. And by the way, uh, Brad Rayberry's uh, uh, house is uh-huh, the Jughead's uh-huh, apartment uh-huh, set uh-huh, that he had with Tabitha uh-huh, last year. Hi, uh-huh, <laughs> This is the writer's house set. Yes. <laughs> Brad goes to like grab some tea mm-hmm, and Jughead's mm-hmm. like sitting down and then he notices this box and he decides to snoop. He snoops inside the big cardboard box, and what does he see but a manuscript, a manuscript titled The Jupiter Journals. And there's a little red pen that says tentative title on that. And so Jughead decides to be dumb and put it in his bag. Uh, The Jupiter Journals is, of course, a play on the title of The Martian Chronicles, Ray Bradbury's first published novel. Oh! From 1950. We're playing with the timeline a little bit. A little bit. Well, a little bit. Well, well I mean, it, you know. It's a different di- guy. Different guy. It's a, different, it's a different, totally different it's name. It's totally different. Why would you think they're the uh, same Why? Guy? Why? Um, so uh, Tony and Cheryl are, are having a little date at the dark yeah. room. I love that Cheryl's induction into the homosexual club means getting a, a rundown on the rest of the membership. So you mean like, Kevin and Clay? That's the first line of this scene. What? <laughs> They're gay? I had no idea. So from from there, they just start to share their like early childhood memories of when they first start to think they weren't like other girls because they were interested in other girls. And so Cheryl was like, yeah, when I was 10, my mom and my aunt had a fallen out. My mom said a lot of angry things about my aunt Carol. Such as her being a uh, sexual deviant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's when I was starting to think I liked girls. And Aunt Carol, by the way, is now making a living as a poet in Greenwich Village. Yes. <laughs> so she's doing fine. She's great. <laughs> uh, and Tony's like, well, I always knew I liked girls as much as boys. And I was like, oh, good. We're confirming this. There we go. This. Okay, there we go. good. This, I'm a little surprised this does not blow Cheryl's mind. She did not read I the book. I Maybe not like, what? But a little like, huh. Okay. Yeah, that's a thing too. All right. I did think there would be a moment of like, wait, what? You can... (laughs) 
And but you I in thought, particular, but I thought we were like, no, yeah, we are. But, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I was a little surprised that they did not have that conversation. But yeah, so the, Tony's parents kicked her out. She moved in with her grandma. And Cheryl's like, your grandma's cool with this? What? She's cool-ish. And the parts she's not cool with, what she don't know won't hurt her. <laughs> <laughs> and this ends. Oh, oh in the sentence. And this ends with, like, uh, uh, Tony putting her hand on Cheryl's knee. Ooh. And Cheryl, like, reaches out to put her hand on Tony's Ooh. on her knee. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. It's nice. Uh, so over at Pops, uh, Archie is working the gas pump, mm-hmm. and of course, Julian pulls up and is an asshole. Uh-huh, uh-huh, he wants to fill up, airing his tires, blah blah while the double date with the, the Stonewall Good Time Boys is going on inside, and Archie can see through the window them at their booth. I went to a show with the Stonewall Good Time Boys, and there's <laughs> still glitter on me, I swear. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in, inside, uh, the date's, like, not going that great. It's fine. It's... No no one seems terribly invested, particularly Betty, whose gaze keeps going out the window to the gas jockey. Yes. Though the Stonewall boys are like, wow, Betty, how come you aren't on your parents' show, Riverdale Grandstand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, the Coopers not only run R.I.V.W., they are apparently the hosts of every single program on R.I.V.W. I would just like to know why this was never mentioned before, because before they were like, we only get three minutes of screen time or whatever the shit was. And now they host a three-hour grandstand show. I guess they only get three hours on the news. How, how often was Dick Clark showing up on the 7 o'clock news, too? You know, this is realistic, actually. <laughs> her her eyes are tracking out there and whatnot. Then, then we go back out there, mm-hmm. and Julian has pulled off, and Pop Tate brings Archie some of his favorite drug, some coffee. Yes. And Pop Tate basically says, you know what? Your dad's cool. I love veterans. The end. Uh, <laughs> He also talks about how, like, oh, I hear they're getting the basketball team together now that the war's over, (laughs) and I used to watch your dad play football, or not football, I used to watch your dad play basketball back when. Uh, He was really great for many reasons. I I sure do love the epic highs and lows of high school basketball. And Archie's like, yeah, me and my dad used to play basketball together all the time before the war. And we're like, oh, that's it. That's why we don't want to play basketball. And then they, like, fold a flag together and salute. <laughs> they go to the cemetery and, like, put, like, a coin on the grave or whatever. So there's another commercial break. <laughs> I don't know. How many times are in this episode do they say, now that the war's <laughs> over? The war's over. So, so this is, like, late fall becoming winter of 1955. The- is it? Is it, though? Because, like, I feel like winter already happened. They had, like, one cold episode. Well, we're getting into high school basketball season, so winter is starting. But they already had snow on the ground, and now everyone's wearing light jackets. In any case, the armistice of the Korean War uh, was signed in late July of 1953. Mm-hmm. War's been over for a while. War's been over. War's been over. Uh, so Jughead, uh read his stolen manuscript mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is like, whoa... This is the coolest thing ever. I can't believe he didn't let it go unpublished. It reads like if uh, Fitzgerald wrote Flash Gordon. 
That sounds like something I wouldn't want. I don't think I want that. That sounds bad to me. Yeah, I'm not sure that's good. <laughs> that's like a real clash in my mind. Uh, so meanwhile, Veronica and Betty are having a little chat. And she's like, so how'd you feel after the date? And I'm like, eh, it was fine. So you you still have your heart set on Archie, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, because of that, I'm doomed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, Betty, like, Romeo and Juliet had both had problems, but they got through it. And Betty's like, they both died. Not until Act 5. <laughs> and importantly, not before they totally boinked. Yeah, so, like, it's fine if you both die as long as you have the sex first. This is Veronica okay. is passionate... Veronica is passing English class. This I know. So Veronica's like, well, why don't you guys just wait till, like, your parents go to bed, and then, like, you can, like, call each other and have some, like, phone sex? Excuse me. Intimate conversations. <laughs> and Betty's like, well, he doesn't have a phone in his room. Are you sure? Yeah, I can see right into his room. He doesn't have one. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Like, yeah, like our this, windows are right across from each other. We can see right in. This is this is when Eddie Valiant realizes that Roger Rabbit can take his hands out of the cuffs anytime he wants. <laughs> and so Veronica's like, so so you've you've glimpse, glimpsed him? Hmm? They don't say what she's been glimpsing. I don't want them to say what she's been glimpsing. And so Veronica's like, I must see this floor show myself. What time does the curtain go up? <laughs> what the fuck? Down the hall in school. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Julian's being an ass to Archie. Yes. Uh, and then he eats fists. Because Julian did the one thing he shouldn't do, and the- that was bring up Fred. He should fucking know by now. He got his ass laid out last time he brought up Fred. So Archie punches the shit out of him, and he is pulled back by other people, and he's sent to the principal office, yeah, and this- Fred runs into Mary on the way there and is like, don't worry, I'll take care of this. And Mary's like, leave him the fuck alone, Fr- Fred. Like, I'm his mother. <laughs> Mary came in dressed in her Sunday best to t- when, the- when the principal called about this fight. Well, she works in a dress shop. It's she has true, it's nice. true. Uh, so uh, Cheryl is telling the Vixens, uh, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the new lineup, that, like, Tony's going to be the flyer. She and... goes on top of the pyramid. Yeah, and Evelyn's like, what? Yeah, Evelyn also gets put in her place uh, in, a, in like, a different way. This is outrageous. And Cheryl's like, no, this is cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the epic highs and lows of high school cheerleading? Yeah, Tony does the epic highs. You're the epic low. Yeah, everyone stands on your neck. So now it's time for a little heart-to-heart between Mary and Archie. Mm-hmm. She's like, what is going on? Something's going on. And, and what we have all assumed to be true, what has been heavily implied, is now stated outright. Archie cannot play basketball because basketball is so tied up in so many memories of Fred. Yes. And he's worried that he'll just constantly think about how Fred isn't there and also that he'll somehow disappoint his dad. Because Fred wasn't just a player at Riverdale High. He was a legend at Riverdale High. He's the all-time rebound leader in school history. Yes. 
And so Mary reassures him that, like, no, you you don't have to do it, but just know, like, your father would be so proud of you. Your uncle has been talking straight nonsense. He does not know what he's saying. He is a dick. <laughs> I kind of hate him. <laughs> My biggest hesitation in marrying your father was getting that brother-in-law. And I might kick him out tomorrow. I, I think he's wanted in three states. <laughs> If I wasn't concerned that maybe he'd murder us, I'd tell him to leave. <laughs> he doesn't sleep. He just stands at the window staring all night long. This would be a perfect time, though, to give Frank, like, some backstory about the Korean War and, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, tie that all up. Yeah. His job was to keep, uh, uh, like, violating the, the like, armistice grounds, mm -hmm. which is why it took so long to sign in the first place. It kept getting pushed back months after months after months. There you go. He's the guy who the did guy. all those strafing runs, killing 12-year-olds and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jughead goes to Brad and is like, yo, don't get upset. I read your novel. I loved it. It was amazing. And Brad's like, you fucking stole my shit? What? Yeah, he gets thrown out. Brad smashes a glass and yells at him. His, his theft of the, the secret unpublished manuscript is as severe, nay, worse than the plagiarism published by EC Comics. Yeah. Uh, by Pep? Yes, by Pep. Excuse me. How could I possibly confuse the two? <laughs> uh, so in the girls' locker room, mm -hmm. uh, Tony makes her move on Cheryl. Oh my god. And they have a oh very sexy smooch time. Ch uh, Tony, Tony does the thing. There's a name for this thing, but I don't know it. Uh, where, where she uh -huh. like... Plants uh -huh. her, her her hand, hand uh -huh. on the wall that Cheryl's against, uh -huh. and she leans in. Uh huh. And she like she basically says somebody's been a naughty girl and needs to get punished. And Cheryl's like, uh huh, uh huh. I've been so bad. Uh huh. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> She's so excited for the hot makeup. <laughs> uh, so Betty and Veronica are. Staring out Betty's window, waiting uh -huh. for Archie to come home. And Veronica's fucking play-by-play. -play. <laughs> Quote, emergency flutter bum alert. God bless America. This is the greatest show on earth. As he comes in and he starts taking off his clothes. Do you have binoculars? Never mind. Don't even need them with the size of Archie's bulging... Dot, dot, dot. Muscles. And then he looks over and they drop they to the floor. The deck. And then, you know, gal pals, girl time, uh, Veronica's like, wow, that was pretty nice. You want to both like rub one out together with that in our minds? <laughs> just side by side. And you know what? Just to make it less weird, you know, I'll reach over and do you while you reach and do me. <laughs> totally normal girl stuff. Besties. Whole different level of friendship. She's already been in Veronica's underwear. <laughs> in a very real way. And Veronica wants to be in Betty's. <laughs> Seriously. Like. There is no straight explanation for this. No. So. Let them have some lesbian exploration time. Like, let's go. Remember in the first episode where they totally kiss at cheerleading tryouts uh -huh. and Cheryl's like, 
don't do that pandering queer bait shit. You're not actually into it. That 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 shit sucks. Uh huh. It's been seven seasons. Come on, let's just Maybe, go. Come on, come on. Like you guys are, it's screaming. Deliver on the promise. I mean, Betty like was almost in a relationship with a woman when she was in the FBI. That's true. Like, come, let's just go. The offer was on the table, literally the table at the booth at Pops. <laughs> so the next day at school, uh. Betty and Veronica are chatting about, like... They're, they're debriefing. They're debriefing about <laughs> yesterday and how, like, you know, he if he saw us, he was probably so embarrassed, he won't say anything. And, uh... He is such a gentleman. And then here he is. Here comes Archie. And he says, howdy, ladies. <laughs> and he asks Veronica to give him and Betty a moment. And in that moment, he's like... That was pretty fucking great, actually. He's like, uh, Betty, I, uh, I, I saw you guys, and, um, I, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, I liked it. It, it was cool. Um, I mean, like I said, my uncle's got me going all over the place every day, but, you know, every night I end up in my room, and Betty, oh my god, I love this moment so much. I end up in my I, room, too. <laughs> guileless and like in the you know halfway through that sentence she's like oh this is so this is gonna sound so dumb but there's no exit ramp i gotta i gotta get to the end and she's like what if we both end up in our rooms at the same time together <laughs> and so they they are planning and and, and looked at each other they're, they're planning their the, the titular peep show, and they're both so excited. It's adorable. Archie, like, when he's like, I'm so excited. No, like, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited, too. Like, oh, my God. <gasps> ah, ah, ah. There's a leak in the boat. Uh, so, uh, Archie's gotta go, though, because he's gotta, he's gotta go to gym class. He's gotta go to, to... The uh, gym? He's gotta go to the gym for, uh, basketball practice. Yeah, because he's joining the team. And Julian's like, what the fuck? He can't join the team. We don't even know if he can, like, play. So he sinks a three <laughs> immediately <laughs> and tells Julian to just shove it. And then he's like, hey, Frank, you shove it, too, because I'm not doing this... For you, I'm doing this for myself and my mom and my dad and like anyone but you, because you're a dick. I'm, I'm doing it for Julian. I'm doing it for Jughead. <laughs> anyone but you. Doing it for the principal. I'm definitely doing it for Jughead, that guy that I've like never talked never to ever in this to season. In my life. Um. So over at the principal's office, uh, the like school secretary's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look what I confiscated from Dilton today, and he's like, ah, oh, comics, like. Bleh. And she's like, no, not just any comic. This comic was written by one of our students. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we do see, yes, it, it is Homeroom of Horrors. Yes. And it does have Jughead's credit on the cover. It does. Fieldstone, you old softy. Yeah. You gave in. So now it is time. Midnight approaches on Maple Street. Uh, and, and Betty and Archie are in their rooms like... Making sure, like, their hair is combed and and their Mm -hmm. outfits straight as they both walk up to the windows. And again, slightly tweaked period music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As they strip 
in like symmetry of step one for both of them, bye bye belts. Step yes. two, there go the buttons. Yes. And and then there go the the pants and skirt, and we are down. We're down to the final layer. To the undies. Yes. And, and reciprocally. And as they're like, okay, we're, they're, we're they're, gonna. They're both like yeah. giving a nod, like, yes, I'm still into this. Yes, yeah. we should do this. Yes. Exactly what I thought would happen. Exactly. Called it. Called it. They apparently don't believe in locking their doors because hell. Here comes Hal. To Betty's room. And here comes Frank. Frank. And Archie's room. They're like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, how would you know? <laughs> Were you looking up at them from the street? It'd be one thing if you just walked in like, what? Betty, why are you still awake? If the upstairs windows match... Maybe the downstairs windows do too. And Hal's been watching Archie strip. <laughs> Frank's been watching Betty strip. <laughs> Diagonal upwards. <laughs> Someone was watching. Each, because... each of them rushed upstairs to get a better view across the way. Oh. And then found their own youth for whom they are responsible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end. The end. We, sh- we should mention, Betty's in Veronica's lingerie oh, for yeah. the big meeting. Oh, yeah. She even promised in the, like, she would planning wear session. special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Archie was just in tidy whities Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, darling, what did you think? Of chapter 123, Peep Show? Yeah. I, I liked talking about it a lot more. It was think, more fun to talk about. Than watching yeah. it. Yeah. Something that is really catching up with me is that, like, now that it's pretty much just high school business. Yeah. The high school business can be hit or miss. Yeah. It's it's really delivered on how it depends on how sweet it is, how earnest it is, how well it's sold, which means anything with Betty any given week, that's going to be my favorite part because yeah. Lily Reinhardt excels at exactly that. Yeah. And KG Appa probably like second best among the cast for delivering that. Mm-hmm. This show the show that is so infamous for the these wild twists and turns and coming off of season six, which was all about lore. Like we we had to determine the ancient history of a parallel world in order to figure out what's happening in season six. Yeah. All of that's gone. They're just kids on various parallel tracks of self-discovery. Yes. And we've gotten to a point where I'm kind of waiting for a swerve, though. I'm, I'm, where, where is the big turn? Yeah. Where do we, where does this develop into something else? Yeah. Well, and especially like we, you know, we obviously have some plot going with murder and the whole Ethel thing, but we've like stalled no out on that. mentioned it this Yeah, week. nothing was mentioned. Like the only like. No one's investigating it. No like that's in- one of the most realistically teenage things. Yeah. They aren't. PIs anymore like they were in the first season. Yeah. Or even like Jughead didn't even like talk about Ethel of like, oh man, I wish I could show this to Ethel. Yeah. Like it was just it was just very like disconnected from other things. Though we got like, okay, we got a little Archie like backstory, we got a little Jughead backstory with FP. Mm -hmm. But it was still very like this isn't connected to anything else that's happening. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is also one of the stories this year that had the least crossover between the subplots. Yes, I was thinking about that. Like, mm-hmm. no, no one interacts. Like, aside from Veronica interacting with Betty and Betty interacts with Archie, no one was 
talking to each other. Yeah, the the only intersecting plots are uh, Archie Frank, Archie Betty. That's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Like, I don't know how you get Jughead involved in uh, a Tony Sherrill business, but maybe he likes writing downstairs. He's tired of hanging out in Pops for a while. Just get him in the mix, you know? Mm. Get, Get some cross-structural support in here, please. Well, and I worry that it's going to be kind of like that for a while because, I mean, Jughead, so far, his relationships in this episode or, like, in the season have been with Ethel, who's now locked away, mm-hmm. and Veronica, whose, like, who's relationship has changed with him. Yeah. <laughs> so who the fuck is he going to talk to you? No one's talking to him. He's not, like, other than, like, Dilton and Ben, who were, like, in it for, like, two seconds. <laughs> right. He He doesn't have any friends. Archie doesn't know him. <laughs> and I worry that we're going to be stuck in that for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Cause there's nothing pulling any of these people together. Yeah. Except that most of them are friends with Archie. <laughs> or a plurality of them. Not even most. Yeah. Cheryl doesn't care about Archie. I mean, Cheryl did more than others. They had like a... They, they did nearly get married. Yeah. But, but Archie was a handy tool, not yes. someone she's maintaining a friendship with. Yeah. But, like, Tony doesn't talk to him. Right. It's Yeah, so, like, everyone feels, like, secluded from each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was, like, I think a lot more obvious in this episode, even though, like, people are stripping for each other and whatnot, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The window scenes were both very good. Yes. The final scene... Just so well directed, and the first attempt, when they just hit the deck, was so funny. It's so funny. Yes. I think it's funny also that, like, Betty never questions that Veronica is so fucking into it. Right? (laughs) She wants to be useful. Like... Maybe this is the next thing for Veronica. She she is like, okay, I'm going to be everybody's fairy godmother. That is my place in this town. I'm going to make people's dreams come true. I mean, it's a bit of that, but also a bit of Veronica really just wanted to see Archie Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it won't be a private show, but hey, why not? <laughs> I'll sell tickets to this, man. I'm also in my room at night. I'm. If it's nighttime, tell you what, I'm in a room. Guarantee. <laughs> so, uh, darling. Yes. Do you have any predictions? Predictions. Um, you think we're gonna meet Aunt Carol? I think there's a chance. I think we could. Like there, there is a tendency for blossoms to suddenly show up at the ancestral manse this out of nowhere. True. This is true. And sometimes get murdered. Quite often. <laughs> Especially when Tony's involved. <laughs> There, there's a chance. <laughs> okay, so she lives in New York City. So is there a chance Cheryl's going to, like, go and then we get, like, a Katie Keene in the past oh, crossover? Oh, my goodness. Historical Katie Keene. <laughs> it could happen anytime. You know, New York is just, like, a ten-minute walk away. <laughs> it's just on the other side of Sweetwater River. <laughs> it's actually, like, one of the New York rivers. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> The Hudson. The Hudson. That's probably the, the famous one you're going for. I don't know. I don't... They got a few. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it officially that, like, if we get Edgar, he is going to be, like, 
a recluse in the woods. Sure, sure. And and wouldn't wouldn't you want Edgar to be like a NASA scientist, like like a von Braun uh, a partner? Oh, that could work too. But I was Maybe. just trying to figure out how to make him shirtless, and I was okay. thinking like chopping firewood. Maybe Edgar Evernever is Riverdale's uh, Werner von Braun. Maybe mm. he's actually a paper-clipped Nazi that's working for the U.S. government mm. on rockets. Yeah, I could see it. What do you, what do we think is the next step for Kevin and, and Clay? They were mentioned but not no- seen. Nothing. 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 They're just going to exist in the background. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, Kevin predictions are the easiest. What's going to happen? Either nothing or he has uh, risky sex. That That's, that's it. Those are the two things. That's it. And it's a lot more of the first one. Yeah, no, nothing's going to happen there. Okay, what do you think is going to happen with Ethel? How are, how are we ever going to go back to that? Are we going to give a shit that she is locked away? On, on the one hand, if we're having fun with like time travel and causality... Ethel could, like, be one of this timeline's creators of mm. Griffins and Gargoyles. Oh. Remember, it was, like, from abused inmates at the Sisters yeah. of Quiet Mercy. Uh, uh, That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I guess to make it period appropriate, she would be writing more, like, weird pulp tales. Yeah. In ways that reveal... Mm-hmm. Uh, clues that she did not know were clues. Observations mm-hmm. she made that are uh, something that when it gets out, it seems innocuous, except to the real killer who recognizes, mm-hmm. oh shit, this is going to cause trouble for me. Yeah. I think Jughead writing mm-hmm. a story about his dad yes, is yes. going to like get published and it's going to what brings FP back for a cameo. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. It probably won't happen, but it's what I want. <laughs> Dreaming. Dreaming big here. I th- this is the beat generation, right? Some Somebody doing the romantic uh, motorcycle drive across America mm-hmm. is likely to also be the person reading contemporary fiction. That's not out of place in this setting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how he, like, hears of his son. And he exactly, comes back and he's exactly. like, hey, boy, like, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, then. It is time to talk about what we know is going to happen. Next week's episode, chapter 124, is titled Dirty Dancing, named for a film that has come up <laughs> in conversation on this show in a previous week. Yes. Uh, the, the famous uh, Patrick Swayze dance movie that exists entirely to support to have a load-bearing pre-row abortion plot to share this message in a way that the studios could not remove because the whole movie would fall apart without it. Yes. All the stuff the studios wanted required having this message contained. Also, it's just a really well-made movie aside from its its propagandic power. So what we know is that uh, we're going to have an episode that uh, has a a visit to the Riverdale Grandstand yes. dance show. This this is, of course, an American bandstand style show. You can also compare it to the the uh, dance program in Hairspray, something we talked about last week. Yes. <laughs> Betty's going to go out there and do a scandalous twist. She will do the forbidden move. She, do, she does something that the trailer does not show that causes her mother to just scream to cut the camera on this live broadcast. 
And that is all we know. That's it. That's it. It's it's a fun... I like when the trailer is essentially a scene. Not a scene as it will be presented, to be sure. But it's like a 30-second like short film. Yeah. Right? It's a trailer with a clear plot. Do we think this will finally be when we bring up the fact that Midge is pregnant again? And will we have, like... The title alone makes her, one wonder. Yes. You know, trying to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. One must wonder. Yeah. You don't have a, t- a a teenage pregnancy plot and name it Dirty Dancing and no one asks the question. Right? Yeah. Right? 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 So you'll see. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, this is going live on Saturday, May 6th, 2023. Do you know what that day is? Free Comic Book Day! Free Comic Book Day! Uh, I encourage everyone, uh, if you haven't yet, go look up your local comic book sellers. Uh, pick out some free books. They are specially printed, specially made titles given away for free today uh, to entice you to go to the store and take a look around at what is waiting for you inside those walls. It's a good time to pick up something you haven't read before. Mm -hmm, Maybe mm -hmm. pick up an Archie comic. Maybe pick up something else. Uh, Whether it's a, a new title, a new publisher, or just comics in general, zero, zero investment, zero risk books waiting for you to try them out. And while you're there, your store might have events, might have a sale on their other inventory. They're probably going to be really happy to see you because they are independent businesses. Yes. <laughs> Free comic book day is always so much fun. We're is, planning to is. go out. We're probably going to hit up a couple places. I think we're going to go to two, maybe three stores tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, it's always lots of fun. They're always so excited. It's just a great time to go out and explore. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archie Comics' free comic this year is from their horror line. Yes, it is. So so, so that's that's what they're putting up alongside, you know, uh, I, I always, every year, I want to get uh, the Fantagraphics stuff for, for like my indie uh, comics with an X style stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the 2000 AD sampler is great every year because Future Shocks, Judge Dread, hell yeah, that's where I'm at. I gotta go look at what's available. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. I know there's an Umbrella Academy thing. There is an Umbrella and Academy like slash Witcher thing. Yes, I want that. In in the same got, book. Got to track it down. I think Dark Horse holds those licenses. Yes, I yes. think so. Well, you're, you know, out there. Maybe take a friend with you. And you know what else you can do? You can tell a friend about this show. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen to it on your way. Yeah. Or have it come up in conversation like, oh, you know why I wanted to, to hang out with you today? I was reminded by... Uh, uh, and uh. did you know it's a show about a comic? And, like, they uh, have the comics here? Like, It's uh. just so recursive. Yeah. Uh, you also can leave us a rating and review however you listen to us. That's right. Five stars, especially five stars with some kind words goes so, so far to helping us find people in the the digital morass of Apple Podcasts and etc. Yes. Uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm, Maybe hit mm-hmm. us up with what free comic book day stuff you picked up. Honestly, I would love it. I'm asking for two things. I'm asking for your FCBD hauls mm-hmm. and photographic evidence of you and your friends trading sexy lingerie. <laughs> 
I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie, give lingerie a whirl. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>